Hi. Hey. And we're, we're doing off. it again. 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 I've doing it. Episode doing eight. It doing nine. it well. We're I don't. God damn. I don't know. I don't know either. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome back to the All Things Strange podcast. That's right. And literally, all things strange. It's not always going to be kind of dark and twisted. Sometimes it's going to be lighthearted and fun. But on this note, I have to say it's, it's still dark and twisted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, but mm-hmm. it could be worse. I mean, at least with mine, I know it happened so long ago that, well, it's not too long ago, but it's long enough ago that it's okay to talk about almost. Cool. Is everybody <laughs> dead involved? Maybe. Sweet. I mean, there are some current things in there. My people are definitely dead. Oh, that's good. Yes. This week, we're talking about histories behind haunted locations. That's right. And I'm Kristen. I'm Brittany. And um, like we said, welcome to our podcast. We hope you like us. Uh, do we have any like business to take care of? No. We don't have business. <laughs> Biznatch. <laughs> no. Biznatch time. Biznatch time. No, we would actually have to have listeners in order to have business. Oh, that's true. <laughs> no, but we have been gone for a, for a couple of weeks now. We haven't been able to upload. Schedules have been just off and busy and things like that so but we're doing this now excuse me we're doing this now on the cusp of the fourth of july weekend Mm -hmm. criminy i don't know how we're gonna get everything done we'll get it done we'll We'll get get it done it's almost britney's birthday it's almost my birthday it's her birthday month birthday month i know my birthday's on tuesday already i'm gonna be old very old do you want to share with the class or no okay 28. Wow. That's not old. I know it's not old, but it's old for me, okay? I'm the one that had to age 28 years to get here. I had to, um, I had a rough time 28. 29 was fine, but 28 really fucked with me. Yeah, it's like you're officially your late 20s. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, where did my early and mid-20s go? Girl, I feel you. You were living a dream, apparently. Yeah, and then before you know it, it'll be your 30s. People are always like, enjoy your 20s, but the reality is you don't know fuck all to enjoy them. Exactly. So... I don't know. It's like by the time you get to your thirties, you're like, "Yeah, my twenties fucking really sucked." Yeah, because you didn't realize what you were doing. It was it's it's a transitional time. Yeah, maybe my good time will be when I'm in the nursing home and I can just you know fuck with all the nurses. Mm. That that'll be my good time. Yeah, because I have plans. I have really good schemes in my. Head. You gotta write them down. You'll forget them. Old oh, lady. I read a lot. That should help, right? It does. Also, if you take um, different routes home or different routes to places than you normally would, that's supposed to help with your cognitive skills and doing uh, word puzzles and number puzzles like Sudoku. Did I say that right? Sudoku. 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 (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's hard to take different routes home and when we live somewhere like we do. (laughs) (laughs) There's basically like two routes. Yeah, basically. Or it's like if I'm going to the grocery store, it's literally like one route <laughs> to the mm-hmm. grocery store because everything is on the main drag. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> what else? I don't think there's anything else interesting going on. Yeah. I live a very boring lifestyle. I live a very busy lifestyle. Yes, you do. I sit at home and wait for her to come home and Mm -hmm. she never does sometimes and that's okay that bitch doesn't appreciate me she doesn't i made her this glorious turkey dinner and it's not even thanksgiving dude if you made a turkey dinner i'd be fucking home dude i know you would be calling into work like um sorry but i gotta go the turkey's done (laughs) seriously oh maybe turkey maybe that'd be great actually that's kind of one of my things is like around thanksgiving i'll buy a turkey and i'll usually stuff one in the freezer (laughs) 
so that I can make it in the summertime mm-hmm. because it's like Christmas in July. Yeah. It's when, the best. <laughs> when Mark and I worked at the same place, we would each get a free turkey mm-hmm. and I would give one to my grandma because we always had Thanksgiving dinner over at her house. And then I would just end up making my own little Thanksgiving dinner at home, like, a week mm-hmm. later or something, because Hell, yeah. fuck people who don't like Thanksgiving food. Right? Even though last year we had tacos. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, my God. We're going to have to talk about it more, like, we'll off air. We'll have to talk about it. Will, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> but oops. I'm um, fucking clever. And we'll let, we'll let our people know if we're going to do something traditional or non-traditional. We got a fuck ton of food, man. Yeah, I think we should do a traditional this year mm-hmm. for the simple fact that my in-laws just moved down here. Oh, that's so true. So it might be a nice little transition for them. And then the next year we'll do like... We'll do something different for Christmas. Christmas never really has to be traditional. No, us. it doesn't. Christmas is usually like whatever we feel like making is mm-hmm. what we like to make. I mean, except for that one year we had prime rib and my mouth was on like this glorious vacation. That was awesome. That was the year the but, kids weren't here. <laughs> yeah, that was the year the kids weren't here. Yeah! And Save somebody forgot the, the horseradish. Was that me? Yes, that was you. God, you didn't I have know. any horseradish. I never forget <laughs> shit. That's really unusual. God damn it. Well, shit happens. It was also a very busy year. It's because busy the kids year. weren't there. Yeah, it's true. So, getting awesome. the travels all figured out. Alright, so, like I said earlier, we're talking about... Oh, haunted locations. History behind haunted locations. What yes. Was, yeah. Yoo hoo. Um, I'll drink to that. I just said yoo hoo. Like a fucking yoo-hoo. idiot. Yoo hoo. Better than Yahoo. Because when I think of Yahoo, I think of Yahoo. The old Yahoo commercials? That's no, I think, I think of people talking really about their Yahoos. Oh, I never call it my Yahoo. Well, I don't either, but still. And I also don't think I could associate with people who call it their Yahoo. Stick it in my Yahoo. No, God. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Get it out of my head. And for the second time today, I'm going to ask you for a divorce. Are you picturing some hillbilly with the fucking, he has one thing no, done off of his overalls and no, no shirt? No, what I'm picturing right now is I'm picturing like an old lady hillbilly with a bonnet and the apron and the prairie dress oh, and everything. Oh, she's saying it. I'm with, picturing no, the guy you'd be doing it with. She's in a rocking chair with her legs in the air, but she's got a yodeler coming out of her her coochie. Like a kazoo? Yeah, kind like of. Like a yodeling kazoo? So yeah, with Yahoo. like the horn and everything that they, that they a, yodel into? It's a, it's a yoo-hoo kazoo. <laughs> oh my god. This is, okay, that was our show. Thanks so much, everybody. A yoo-hoo kazoo. <laughs> oh my god. That's great. It, yeah, she apparently the guinea pig likes it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. She's very talkative because she thinks she's starving. She's not starving. She's she is a Star Trek. I told you she's a phase gun. She is a phase gun, except for she squeaks really loud when she thinks that she hears something. That's when she's on stun. (laughs) Set phasers to stun. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right, so Kristen's first this week. Yay, Kristen! Hooray! Do your thing, girl. Okay. So mine, um, I'm kind of a basic bitch, and so that's what I'm giving you today. Um, I already forgot what you were doing. Oh, really? Yeah. I am doing the LaLaurie House. Yes. In New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. That is on my bucket list. Jeremy and I just might go there next summer. Mm. 
Yeah. Girl. Super jealous. As long as you have a suitcase for me to fit into, you can go. Okay. If not, then sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. We'll chat. It'll be fine. I'll mail you like they used to do in the old days with their kids. You know you can mail a potato by just putting a stamp and an address on it? You can mail just about anything by just putting a stamp and an address it's on it. Really weird. People literally used to mail their children. I know. They'd put postage on their jackets and fucking send them on a train. Yeah. Why aren't we doing that still? I don't know. Cause, probably because of the hobos. Probably because of the predators. Like, <laughs> animal predators? No. Oh, I didn't want to go there. Chimos. Yeah. Doesn't that kind of sound like a mythical beast? You have hair in your eyelashes, and mm. it's driving me nuts. Oh, my God, mm. stop. It's freaking you me out. my eyeball? No. Oh, oh, I, you know, I, my eyeball. I touch my eyeball all the time, though. Me, too. Oh, but that has lime on it. Yes. Oh. Put the lime in the coconut and swish it all around. I'm not allowed to drink beer with lime anymore. <laughs> At least not when we're in contact. Okay, so um, I got... Uh, my story is actually from two different sources. The first one, I'm actually thinking about just reading it to you verbatim because it's from a um, from Haunted New Orleans by Troy Taylor. And I found his story online. And it's always, like, super ghosty and fun. You're fun. I like Pretty that kind of shit. Up. But also on the Wikipedia page for Delphine LaLaurie, she... Uh, she was a really dumb bitch, so I might throw on, <laughs> I might pepper with some different anecdotal type of things. Okay. So do you want me to read you a ghost story? Yes, I love ghost stories. Okay, I gotta wet my whistle. Not oh. a lot of people know this, but I am a huge ghost person. I Me too. I was actually a paranormal investigator for three years. Would you live in a haunted house? I would live in a haunted house. Fuck yeah, me too. I love the idea of ghosts. I've caught like myself I've caught a few things mm -hmm. and then I have the haunting by my grandpa and all that other stuff but I am like oh my gosh I love ghosts even if they're terrifying and even if I'm scared to the point where I'm shitting myself not just pissing myself but shitting myself is still a fantastic thing oh god I love ghosts I do too <laughs> um I don't like haunted houses though like Why? like cheesy Halloween haunted houses. Oh, I that. am the biggest Halloween freak, as you know. Yes. Love anything Halloween and macabre. And, but I get really scared. Like, I, I won't. I won't put myself Is in that situation. Is it the jump scares? No, I think it's because when I was in fifth grade, <laughs> I read, <laughs> I think it was um, Dean Koontz, The Fun House. Oh. <laughs> In fifth grade. Yeah, he's a very... Fourth grade was when I read very Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. Yeah. I actually did a book report on it. Oh, did you? And my teacher was... um A little concerned? A little. <laughs> he did bring it up with, with, with my your parents. parents. He did. I can just imagine your mom and dad walking out of that conference like, oh my God, why did well, you get this What my mom said kid? is it went, went a little something like this. Here, here we go. Kristen is bright. She's a natural leader. She has she makes good friends. She's very active in school and she always raises her hands for questions. But I am a little concerned about her choice for a book report. And my parents were both <laughs> like, hmm, my mom was going to school for full at full time and she was also working full time and my dad was working full time. Mm -hmm. So, you know. You gotta find a way to entertain yourself. Exactly. And Stephen King is the way to go. Well, I hit it. I would read it at oh. night, like under the covers. And they're like, mm, and he's, he's like, I'm not sure Pet Cemetery is really an appropriate choice for a fourth grader. <laughs> and they were just like, what? She read the whole thing? <laughs> they were pretty impressed. I wonder if I, I might still have that laying around somewhere. I did the cover art. It was, and, my, and it was the big cat. <laughs> <in my haunted house laughs> anyway, so 
Anyway, yeah, I like weird macabre shit. Okay, but not haunted houses. Not fake haunted houses, yeah. but real haunted houses. I'm all for it. Is yeah. that weird? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like I said, I, could I also feel more vulnerable because they're real people. Like that's true. Too. I will sucker punch somebody in the well, face. Well, you don't know. Some sort of murderer could go to work in one of these haunted houses, and you're just their next victim. Or a raper. A raper. Yeah, there's a lot of dark corners. Rape it scares me. Pissed. No, like a what? A rapist. No, a raper. Okay. It's like a rapier, which is like you know those swords you use. A rapier. <laughs> rapier. It's a rapier. <laughs> No, that's how you say it, a rapier. I like it. It's almost like a French rapist. It is not like a French rapist. Fancy. He has a mustache. Oh, my gosh. He Can goes, we please? Ha, 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 ha. Do we have, we're going to have to put a trigger warning in this episode because we said rape so many times. Got your rape whistle, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> People are killing us. Oh my gosh. <sighs> All right. Okay, so I'm going to start now. Yeah, anyways, the. Nolens. Lollerie House. The Lollerie House. Mistress of Death, the haunted history of Madame Lollerie. Mm. First of all, this bitch, she was married like three times. I knew that. She had a fuck ton of children, too. And they were all basically named the same thing. Really? Yeah, really weird. Like, one was like Louise Marie Laura Blanc, and the other was like Marie Louise. <laughs> Oh Blanc. my god, who yeah. does that? I don't know, she just switched it up. She was fucking, well, you want to know? Who does yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, let's do this. Okay, so I'm going to, um, should I just talk about it or should I read this? What do you think? Um, I'm super not organized. <laughs> that was like me, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> not organized at this all. Is, this is a new thing for me. I'm you know, <laughs> very organized. You know what? You do you. Okay. You do you. All right, so I'm going to read most of it. Okay. So, Mr. Taylor, if you're listening, you're fucking awesome. Thank you. Okay, so the his, the haunted history of the Lollerie Mansion in New Orleans is perhaps one of the best-known stories of haunted houses in the city. It tragically recounts the brutal excess of slavery in a horrifying and gruesome manner because of more than 150 years and through several generations, the Lollerie House has been considered the most haunted location in the French Quarter. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, just so you know, this story is really not for the faint of heart. It is very fucked up. I've seen American Horror Story. Could it get much worse than that? Uh, they definitely uh, sensationalized a lot of it. Yeah. They did, <laughs> but this shit this woman did to people was horrible. Yeah, and I've, I've heard, definitely heard a lot of stories. Okay, so in 1832, Dr. Louis Lurie and his wife Delphine, they moved into their Creole mansion in the French Quarter. They became renowned for their social affairs and respected for their wealth and prominence. And Madame La 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 we don't want to go there. La La Lulu Ro. She wore a lot of leggings. <laughs> she wore a lot of Lululemon leggings. <laughs> or Lulu Ro. <laughs> She's into yoga. Oh my god. <laughs> Baby Bendova. Let me see you do that yoga. Oh my god. Okay, so basically, she was renowned for her beauty. Um, there was a point where her husband actually was sent overseas and they would go to the courts of the king and queens. I, I It was in Spain, I believe. I could be wrong, but I think it was Spain. And the queen was super impressed with her beauty and she was extremely intelligent. Um, she was renowned for her social affairs. She was like the perfect mistress 
of of the house and at parties. She was just um, she was very well renowned within the so Creole society. So she knew her part and she played it well. Absolutely, and um, <clears throat> this is the house is located in uh, on eleven forty Royal Street. Could be Royale because you're in New Orleans. Is there an E at the end of it? No. So it's probably just Royal because if there's an E at the end of it, then it's Royale. But it's Creole. Everything's Creole if you work hard enough. That's true. I really want some jambalaya. <laughs> I want some about. fucking chips and salsa, dude. Oh my gosh, we cannot. <laughs> Why? I brought some. That's true. After. Yeah. After. We can't eat it during the podcast because it's crunchy munchy. That would be really funny, though. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing crunchy. Anyway. But I want my celery, Mom. Okay, Whoa. so <clears throat> this mansion, it was like one of the biggest buildings in all of New Orleans for a very long time, actually. Well, like... Uh, well, until like the 1930s. Didn't it take up like a whole block or something? I don't know if it took up a whole block, but it was three stories and it had a ton of ironwork. Uh, the interior was lavish, extremely lavish. It was made for grand events and occasions. It had mahogany door, the mahogany doors that were hand carved with flowers and human faces, and they had bright parlors and they would have hundreds and hundreds of candles going at any one time. Um, everybody ate off of European china, oriental fabrics, which had been imported in. Uh, it was, like, it was fucking bomb. It sounds fucking bomb. Like, I would give anything to live that, live in that. <clears throat> well, I'm not so sure, because this bitch Well, not with crazy. that crazy twat. Are you kidding me? Yeah, seriously. So, Madame LaLaurie, she was, like I said, one of the most intelligent, beautiful women in the, in the entire city, even in some accounts, the world. Um, and they, and people that met her just couldn't stop talking about her. They loved her so much. And there was a side to her that was so incredibly cruel. It's almost like she was hiding her mental illness from people. She had to have been mentally ill. Um, it was just terrible. So she's in the South. It's 1832. Of course, the way that she is, she's white. Yeah. So how do you think she's upkeeping her house? With slaves. Fucking slaves, right? Which is, <clears throat> side note. We do not support nor endorse slavery. <laughs> Just want to make that no, clear. No, we really don't. We do not. Um, God, it's fucking terrible. And as horrible as slavery was, at that point, especially within that area of the South, there were laws put in... I'm not saying everybody or anybody even uh, followed the particular laws, but there were laws where you were supposed to treat your slaves well. Yes. Um, with dignity. You weren't, you weren't to be cruel, beat them. You had to pay unnecessarily. them. Um, it was, I don't even know if you had to pay them as much as you had to at least make sure they were fed. And yeah. I mean, they were still considered property. Ugh, I get upset thinking about that. <laughs> um, but they were not supposed to be cr- treated cruelly. Yeah. You know? They weren't supposed to be treated like slaves anymore. Well, there started to become little whispers about Madame LaLaurie, about her cruelty to the slaves. People started noticing weird little things, the way she would treat them. There was rumors that she would um, keep her old... Her cook was an old woman, and she would keep her chained to the stove mm-hmm. in the kitchen. So she, like... And these this stove, she would just create these amazing meals while chained to her stove. How fucked up is that? That is really fucked up. Yes. Um, like, you just have to be there all day just making all of these wonderful meals for me. Yeah. It was terrible. Um, oh, 
Let me put a pot in the corner of the kitchen for you in case you got to go. So one of the neighbors on Royal Street, um, they begin to suspect that something wasn't going well in their house. Um, They, the neighbor said that she had witnessed Madame LaLaurie chasing her 12-year-old personal servant. It was a little girl, and I believe her name was Leah or Leah, and with a whip. And what had happened was um, the little girl, she was about 12 years old, she was brushing Madame LaLaurie's hair, and she hit a snag, and she lost her shit. Her mistress lost her shit, grabbed a whip, and started chasing after after her. And she ran up onto the roof, and she jumped to her death rather than face the punishment. Oh, my God. That's clue number one. Yeah. Red flag. Yes. So the child, she jumped jumped to her death, and, and she was... Later saw that the slave girl was buried in a shallow grave beneath the cypress trees in the yard. So they just, like, just dumped her body. Like she was just an animal. Yeah. Basically, well, that's what slaves were considered were, like, livestock. Yeah. Like, valuable livestock. Fucking gross. Mm-hmm. It's really terrible. Um, <clears throat> so what happened was that because of this, the Lollaries, they actually got into big trouble, and their slaves were taken from them. Oh, good. And they were sold at auction, and they were impounded. Fucking terrible. We're talking about human beings. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable <laughs> talking about this out loud. Okay, so um, she sold them at auction, and what Madame Lollarie did was that she actually had her family and friends buy them, and then they, her family and friends then sold the slaves back to her. Oh my god. And like a back backdoor deal. What a fucking psychopath. So she already had them taken away once and yeah. then they were sold back to her. And so um, stories continue about mistreatment and um, people started whispering and that was like a disgrace for you to treat your servants like that or mm-hmm. your slaves like that. I shouldn't say servants because servants are paid. Yeah. Um, she, it was, she was disgraced and so people stopped Slowly but surely, the um, social engagements stopped coming to them. Uh, the invitations, I guess I mm-hmm. should say. And uh, it was just became more and more. And more people started whispering more and more about them. And so she was in disgrace at this point. And <clears throat> so finally in April of 1834, the truth came to light. And so what happened was a terrible fire broke out in the kitchen. And... Later on, it said it was said that the cook had actually set the fire herself on as, purpose as a suicide attempt, because she told the investigators that when you went to the upper rooms, nobody ever came out. Oh, yeah. So she was afraid she was going to get in trouble, and she couldn't handle it anymore. Apparently, the cook was seventy. Oh my god! Change to a stove, poor woman. And so she set fire to the place. Jesus Christ! And so they. Um, the blaze went all the way through the house, and once it was put out, firefighters, that's when they discovered the secret behind a barred door in the attic. They had actually asked the Lollaries to open it for them, and they flat out refused, like, fuck you, I'm not opening that. Like, this is my And house. they said, bitch, we're going to do it anyway, and they fucking, like, went through, and, <laughs> and they opened it up, and they saw a site that they will never, that nobody will ever forget once you hear about it. So, warning... If you don't want to hear about it, move on. Oh. 
Warning, warning. I don't want to do it. <laughs> so there is not an exact number of, of the amount of people that they found upstairs. And they were all slaves. And this particular account says that there were more than a dozen. They were chained to the wall in a horrible state. So both male and female. And strapped, some were um, strapped to makeshift operating tables. And some were confined in cages made for dogs. Um, I'm just going to read this verbatim. Human body parts were scattered around and heads and human organs were placed haphazardly in buckets. Grizzly souvenirs were stacked on shelves and next to them a collection of whips and paddles. According to the newspaper, the New Orleans Bee, all of the victims were naked and the ones not on tables were chained to the wall. Some of the women had their stomachs sliced open and their insides wrapped around their waist. One woman had her mouth stuffed with animal excrement and then her lips were sewn shut. The men were in even more horrible states. Fingernails had been ripped off. Oh my god, that's the worst. I can't do fingernails. Eyes poked out. Mm. This one was... And private parts were sliced away. There's oh also, no! There's also giant holes taken out of like thighs and buttocks where she just like taken meat out. Um, this one is the most fucked up thing I've heard. There was uh, one man, he uh, was hung in shackles and his stick protruding from a hole that had been drilled in the top of his head uh-uh. and had been used to stir his brain. No! Yes. That Fuck happened. that noise. So hard. So the tortures, they were administered so not to bring quick death and mouths had been pinned shut and hands had been sewn to various parts of the body. Pinned shut, like with safety pins. Um, yeah. Or something or, like that. Yeah. Or something similar. Or sewn shut, maybe. Mm-mm. Nope. Um, some, some of them had been dead. Some of them not so dead. There was one girl that I read on um, Wikipedia where her all her limbs had been broken and reset in really fucked up angles. And so she resembled like a human crab. What the fuck? Yeah. She was almost like, was it Dr. Kevorkian that would do the terrible experience yeah. on the Jewish people? Was it? Is that what he did? Or was... I cannot remember. It was one of the doctors. Um, yeah, it was Kevorkian. It had to have been Kevorkian. I think it was Dr. Kevorkian because he would do the twin experiments. That's when I was like, what the fuck? When, yeah. we did the, when I did the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Um, God, I just, like, I, I mean, I can handle hearing about most things, but when you're talking about, like, sticking a stick into your, somebody's brain to mush it around or ripping off fingernails. Well, there are oh. ancient. Um, I, no, I saw this tell, one. Tell, there's uh sorry go ahead oh no i'm just saying i saw this one movie where it was so brutal the torture that these people were going through and somebody like the torturer person was like (laughs) would i my brain's not working because it's i even think about it like i'm sweating thinking about it but this scene was they put a a nail underneath their nail belt and hammered it in nope yeah i about threw up i'm like i'm actually like in a cold sweat right now just thinking about it it is awful that's disgusting dude i can't fucking handle that no i I could never torture anybody i i couldn't do it there's there's if i had to do stuff like that fuck no i mean if i could if i had to waterboard somebody that might be fun but isn't that funny how the human spirit can be broken by something like that or how some people can be cruel enough to administer it yeah. You'd really have to be in a state of mind that they're not a human being. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Anybody can do anything cruel as, as long as you're in the right mindset to That's do true. it. That's true. And so. in, the, in the state that I'm in now, no, I could never do it. But if the world did happen to end and I had to do it in order to protect myself and my family, yeah, I'd waterboard a motherfucker. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, no wait. No, that was a good Finger reprieve though because it got really heavy there for a second. Ooh. The shit that she had done to these poor people. I know. Um, so obviously these are things that people couldn't even imagine. Yeah. And um people were so angry about Well, especially this. back then when they don't have the internet. Because you don't believe anything on the internet. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> well, it was it was really fucking bad. Yeah. And, a mob formed and what they did was they came to her house and they started tearing up everything that their hands they could get their hands on and it is believed that madame lalaurie alone was responsible for the torture and her husband just kind of turned like a blind eye yeah and her daughters she was very um her daughters were very um near and dear to her heart mm-hmm. and everybody just well, I'm sure they were well, just as beautiful Well, she would beat her daughters, was. though, when they were children, and yeah. they would try to uh, feed the slaves mm-hmm. when they weren't supposed to. It was pretty bad. So the mob was gathered, and they were carrying hanging ropes. They were calling for vengeance. And um, suddenly, within it, they uh, the gates opened, and a carriage like roared out of the gates and into the milling crowd, probably injuring people along the way, and it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. So the most fucked up part of this whole thing is that Madame LaLaurie and her family were never seen again. And there was rumors of what... So justice was never brought mm-hmm. to these people. Of Some people not. say that they ran away to France. Some people say that they they went and lived with family um, more towards the northern areas of wherever they were. I don't know. Um <clears throat> And some are saying that they were just even, like, hiding in plain sight in small towns near New Orleans. I've heard one where Mm -hmm. they were trying to flee, but somebody caught them Mm -hmm. and shot them on the spot, basically, and dragged their bodies off. That's kind of, like, one that I've heard. I guess I feel like if that was the case, then they would have taken it to the mob, so the mob could put the bodies on display. This is also true, but if you're also facing a mob with somebody that they all wanted to kill for themselves... That also might be very terrifying. <laughs> um, one thing, though, I have to say, um, there was a, um, there was a, something in France was found that supports the France theory, the France uh, theory, excuse me, and basically there was a plaque that was found and it had her name on it with a death date. Mm. Yeah, on on one of the outside one of the homes. Really. Mm-hmm. So, so here's some of the hauntings that have happened since then within the mansion. And how long have I been? Oh, I've been about 20 minutes or so. So yeah, I'll kind of roll through these pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so justice was never served and it's just fucking terrible. So after this, the slaves were mu- the, they were removed from the house. It was um, sacked and vandalized by the mob. After a brief, brief occupancy, the house remained vacant for many years after falling into a state of ruined decay because nobody wanted to touch it. I wouldn't want it. Um, people would hear, hear um, would claim to hear screams of agony coming to the empty house at night and saw apparitions of slaves walking around on the balconies and in the yards. Um, <clears throat> some stories even claim that vagrants who had gone into the house seeking shelter were never heard from again. So, after all this, the house had been placed in the market in 1837 and was purchased by a man who only kept it for three months. He was plagued by strange noise, cries and groans in the night, and soon abandoned the place. He tried leasing the rooms for a short time, but the tenants only stayed for a few days at most. And finally, he gave up and the house was abandoned. Follow the, following the Civil War, Reconstruction turned the empty La Laurie Mansion into an integrated high school for girls of the lower district. 
and and it was integrated. Mm-hmm. So that means it was black and white. Yeah. Which was fucking crazy in the 1800s. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I love that. it. But in 1874, <laughs> the White League forced the black children to leave the school. Of course they did. And yeah. Fuckers. A short time later, though, a segregationist board school school board changed things completely and made the school for black children only. And this only lasted for a year. Oh. Yes. So it's like plot twist and then eh. And then they're like, <laughs> no, we'll make the black kids go there. Because yeah. Because it's fucked up. Fucking terrible. God damn it. In 1874, some of them, like their grandparents, could have known people that had been there. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> So, in 1882, the mansion once again became a center for New Orleans society when an English teacher turned it into a conservatory of music and a fashionable dancing school. All right, then. It all went well for some time as the teacher was well-known and attracted students from the finest of the local families, but then things came to a terrible conclusion. A local newspaper apparently printed an accusation against the teacher claiming some improprieties with female students just before a grand social event was was going to take place. So, he's fucking his students. Or probably kissing him and whatever. It was the 1800s, so maybe he wasn't fucking him. He was probably fucking him. Yeah, I like to think so. Yeah. It's nice to think. He was probably fucking him. Mm-hmm. Um, having urethra, urethra sex. Oh. That's what they used to do. What? Don't look it up. But no. A friend. <laughs> what? Apparently that's a thing. What? I guess they used to do that, like, back in the day, like... So what if they happened could preserve to, like, just their doing... virginity, they would have urethra sex. Okay, but what about anal I know, right? It sounds... I, I, I'm willing to bet it's a lot easier to get it in the butthole than it is to get it in the pee hole. I don't know. I, Why did you tell me about this? You know I'm what sorry. I'm going to be doing at 2 o'clock in the morning now? Looking, Looking up your urethra Tell me if there's shoehorns involved. No! <laughs> my God! Sorry. Okay. This one is ruining my life. Sorry. <laughs> Just a few more things. Okay. Okay, so a few more events uh, plagued the house and it became a center for rumors regarding the death of... I can't remember. It's like Jules Vigny, V-I-G-N-I-E. And he was an eccentric member of a wealthy New Orleans family. Um, he lived secretly in the house from the later 1880s until his death in 1892. He was found dead on a tattered cot in the ma- mansion, apparently living in filth, while hidden away in the surrounding rooms was a collection of antiques and treasure. A bag containing several hundred dollars was found near his body, and another search found several thousand dollars hidden in his mattress. And um, there was rumors of, like, lost treasure in the house, but nobody would go look for it because it was so fucked up. And then it was abandoned again until late, late 1890s. And this is when the great immigration of America started. Mm-hmm. Many Italians came to live in New Orleans. And um, landlords, they bought up a lot of abandoned buildings to convert to cheap housing for this rush of people. Mm-hmm. And it became one of those houses. And for many, th- and for many of the tenants, even the low rent was not enough to keep them there. And it, they, a lot of things, strange things were recorded during that time. Among them was an encounter between an occupant and a naked black man in chains who attacked him. The black man abrup- abruptly vanished. Others claimed to have animals butchered in the house. Children were attacked by a phantom with a whip. Strange figures appeared wrapped in shrouds. A young mother was terrified to find a woman in elegant evening clothes bending over her sleeping infant. And of course... The ever-present sounds of screams, groans, and cries that would reverberate reverberate <laughs> through the house at night. <laughs> Christ. Could you imagine just being there and yeah. listening to all of that? So people stopped trying to live there, and it, it became a bar, then a furniture store, a saloon. It took advantage of the, um, the history and a call that sold the haunted saloon. And... <clears throat> 
So the furniture store, what would happen is the owner first uh, was suspecting vandals because uh, the merchandise would be ruined. And so finally the guy, he got really pissed off. Mm-hmm. And he stayed up all night with a shotgun. And when he went back into his store, because he was standing, it was ruined again. And it was some sort of dark, stinking liquid that would ruin all his furniture. Weird. Dark and stinking? That could be anything. Like, it, yep. yeah, it really could. Yep. And nobody had gone in. So that's when the owner was like, yep, fuck this, I'm out. Um, so today the house has been renovated and restored and serves as a luxury apartments for those that can afford them. Um, apparently it's a little easier to live there than it was 100 years ago. Yep. Uh, people still say it is haunted, however. And I actually came across a cute little tidbit in Wikipedia. I don't know how true it is. But apparently in 2007, Nicolas Cage bought that shit. No, he didn't. For real. Love it. Wait, was that the year that he got arrested for assaulting his wife on, for, during Mardi Gras? But he, like, fucking beat her and then bought a, a fucking He was mansion. drunk and he was in the street and he hit her and so he got arrested for domestic violence. I've never heard of this thing. Really? Yeah. We should it look was it up. a big deal. Um, okay, but it's, it's fun. Not fun. Sorry. Sorry, wife of you. Okay. Um, so, yeah, April 22... 22- 2007, uh, Nicholas Cage bought it, and he bought it for the sum of $3.45 million. That's not bad for Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yes, and I guess the documents were arranged in such a way that Cage's name didn't appear on them, which is not unusual for no, celebrities. And But on April 13, 2009, the property was then valued at $3.5 million and was listed for auction as a result of bank foreclosure and purchase, purchased by Regions Financial Corporation for $2.3 Oh my god, that kind of like makes a lot of sense because if you really think about it, Nicolas Cage is like the best worst actor in Hollywood. I love him. I love him too. There's but something he's like weirdly sexy about him. There is, but he's also a terrible actor. Yeah, it's like he is. He, he is a terrible actor, and yet he keeps getting like all of these big name movies, and I'm like, how? But That's... then like everything I've seen of his, I love, and I can't stop watching. Like I don't even know how many times I've seen that um one movie. Um oh god, with the um. The, the Ghost Rider, I think it is. Oh, I haven't seen Ghost Rider. Yeah. And then, um, they, not to mention... Yeah, he is oddly hypnotizing. Yeah. I don't know. And he's super sexy. You know what it is? I, th- I think it might be his voice, too. I agree. The I way, like, Bob Ross's voice will, like, calm you so and soothe you. And he's yes. just painting. And you can watch that shit for fucking hours and mm-hmm. love it and not even realize what you're doing. It's the same thing with Nicolas Cage, except for you're just so entranced. Like, you know it's bad acting, but you can't stop watching because you're so entertained yeah i agree it is insane something about that man i don't know i don't know why and i didn't even think it until like i saw a movie and and i was like in my 20s and i was like yeah this guy kind of does it for me yeah and he's not my usual type no he's he's not my usual type it's just something about him i'm wondering if it has to do with the illuminati confirmed confirmed (laughs) no um i remember so i watch a lot of um uh the BuzzFeed Unsolved, Mm -hmm. they do this series where this, they just did, they used to do it in a way where it wasn't like a video series, they would just, you know, send these two guys out to go do this or that, you know, weird, supernatural, different things. Well, this time around, you know, they started making it a series, and so they just did um, BuzzFeed Unsolved, Supernatural, or whatever, whatever, and they actually went to um, the Lottery House. Ooh. And they were laying in one of the rooms, and they could hear all throughout the night just pacing, 
back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And one, the one what day. What would you do? Would you poop your pants? <clears throat> I would just lay there listening to it like, wow, this is incredible. I might go outside and, you know, shine my flashlight up there and just kind of see, but it would be really an incredible experience. I don't know experience. if I'd go looking for it. I would go looking for it. I would it. just wait for it to come to But me, the I one guess. guy, he's like a total skeptic. The other one is a total believer. The guy who's a skeptic. Are you sure he's not a believer? He's not a believer. He's a believer. Oh, okay. Just make sure. Um, but the one guy who's a skeptic, in the morning, he kind of left. He was like, it was probably just a guy that was upstairs or whatever. And the um, the guy who's the believer, he goes up and he knocks on the door. And the room where he, they were hearing it from, first of all, they were told it was empty. But they could have, like, meant the room next door to him, mm-hmm. which was empty. But he knocked on the door And the guy was like, yeah, no, I was hearing it all night, too. I was laying there trying to sleep. I got to go to work in, like, an hour, and I wasn't able to sleep all night, basically, I think is what it was. But it was really interesting and terrifying, and I would love to go spend the night there. (laughs) I would. Oh, my God, I would. If they're apartments, I wonder if they do have rooms to rent, like, the Lizzie Borden house. Hmm, I don't know. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, because if you decide to go to New Orleans, then... I actually have a friend that lives there, so... Oh, I have a friend who's from there. My best friend, Coda. Mm -hmm. Well, she's not from New Orleans per se, but she's definitely all Louisiana. She's got the dark hair, the fair skin, the everything. I love her. You know, I won't be doing anything crawdad. Why? That's gross, Brittany. I don't touch seafood. Okay. To be fair, it's not seafood. To be fair, it's mud water. To be fair, it's wonderful. To be fair, gross. Oh my god. No, it's really good. I you know what? I say just try it once. Okay, I'll try it once. Try it once. Do they still have heads? Uh depends on how you order it. Nope. If you get it like in a soup, it might not be bad. You know, I'm sorry, I don't eat a cow's ass with its head hanging off of it. Why not? Because I can't find <laughs> that way. <laughs> You really were like, um, um, oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I say, you know, if, 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 like, Jeremy orders it or something, I say, try it. And don't automatically hate it because you know it comes out of the water. I want your honest try. And you know what? You're actually going to video chat me while you try it. And I'm going to have a look at your face before you take a bite of it. And I will know whether or not. Is it going to look something it. like this? Probably. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Just, I... It's really, it doesn't, it doesn't taste fishy. It's just really good. I can't describe the taste. Or even better, when we go camping at the Kolob, I'll catch you one and I'll make you one. Will you? I will. Will you make me eat it too? Yeah. I'll put it like on a nice baguette with a wonderful mayonnaise lemon sauce. I'm getting really stressed out. It's not bad. It doesn't taste fishy. I'll eat beignets. Does that count? With, wait, powdered sugar and honey? With just the powdered sugar. You have to go to the Cafe du Monde, and that's where they make the world-famous beignets. Although, if you go to those, like, places that are, like, world-famous, it's usually not as good <laughs> as if you go somewhere that's, like, some fucking dive bar. And, you know what I really want to find? No. A voodoo shop in the back of a laundromat. Okay, so there is this one voodoo queen who lives in, um, who lives in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I want you to go find her house. Okay. Because it is the most beautiful thing you have ever seen in your entire life and I will prove to you. I fucking love that shit, man. I will prove to you. Um, voodoo if I knew how to type. Voodoo, voodoo, we do. We do the voodoo 
and read doo-doo all day and all night. Bloody Mary is what her name is. I, I just remembered. Her as name's I was, Bloody Mary? It's not her name. It's just her name, quote-unquote. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, where is it? Um, she is a voodoo queen, and she lives in the French quarters, and her house is purple. Cool. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. It is Show me after purple. This. I like um, purple. Purple's a powerful color. It is. And she has, like, I've seen, like, videos and pictures of inside of her house. Cool. And it is, it, it is my worst nightmare as somebody with OCD because it is so cluttered. Oh my god! But everything but serves a purpose. Interesting. It, everything serves a purpose. I fucking love it. Everything serves a purpose. I love that shit. And it's just, I just, and she Maybe even she has like a, me tank. a nice wind chime. She even has a tank with a snake in it. And oh, for fuck's sake, I love it. Isn't that it. house beautiful? I need it in my life. Yeah. Yes. It's cool. it's gorgeous. I just need you to find it. And All right, boo boo. We get yours. Yeah, it's in it's in the French Quarter or something like that. It's so pretty. But. Oh, and I think she also does voodoo tours. So that might be something you might want to look into. Yummy. Yeah, Fucking A. So, okay. Mm. Oh, God, that's really strong. All right. So for my history behind a haunted location, I decided to do the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Yes. So i've seen so many documentaries i've there wizards watched there no the wizards of waverly no Hills. stop it this isn't disney motherfucker <laughs> oh, oh my god anyways so I've, I've watched a lot of documentaries i have seen just about every ghost show out there mm-hmm. I, I i thought i knew a lot about waverly hills until i actually started reading about it so there is and i, I was telling you earlier this week there is a difference between a sanitarium in the sanatorium. School me, teacher. Sanitariums are for the mentally ill. Okay. And sanatoriums were for the, like, tuberculosis and physically ill. Sanatorium. Yes. Is ill. Sanitarium. It is crazy. Crazy. So is this a sanitarium? This is a sanatorium. This was a tuberculosis ward at one point. Oh, it was a death mill. It was a death mill. Um, (laughs) In a way, I guess you could say that. Yeah, but they, they weren't doing it in a way to be cruel really even though a lot of the treatments were cruel Mm -hmm. they were doing it as a way to try to you know save people from this awful disease well it was a way to quarantine them it was a way to quarantine them but they were also still trying to figure out how to beat it quarantine people yeah my dad's family was quarantined really when he was a kid i can't remember I'll have to ask him. No, quarantines are very much a very real thing, especially with it when it comes to something like tuberculosis mm-hmm. or the plague or, you know, things like that. You have to be quarantined. I'm pretty sure he didn't have the plague. Um, well, you never know. Do you see that they have the new case of the plague down in New Mexico? I did. That's fucking terrifying. I mean, I know it's all over Colorado. The plague is all over Colorado, but they just had that one in So what is the new plague? Mexico. Is that like a flu? I don't know. I heard your skin, like, turns weird colors and falls off, though. It's kind of like scarlet fever. Scarlet fever does that. That's why they call it scarlet fever because your skin gets really red and it all they say it boils your skin. I had scarlet fever. Yeah. It was really shitty. You know who else had scarlet fever? Scarlet O'Hara. Helen Keller. 
Don't I don't like her. Everybody's like she's so fucking brave. No, she's not. I just never said she was brave. I thought she was smart for a deaf blind. How do you person. know that's what she's really saying, Brittany? You don't know. How would she talk in that flowery fucking language from back then? I'm sorry. Don't get offended, people. But I I am not on the Heller Keller train. Sorry. Well, okay. So just think of it like this. You know, she loses Helen her. Helen killed her. <laughs> she loses her hearing. She loses her sight. I'm sorry. She's a They say when you lose a sense, another one becomes heightened. Yeah, right? but when you lose all your so, fucking senses. But when she was, you know, learning and talking to people, she would put their ha- her hands on their face and mm-hmm. feel the way their lips moved and also feel the vibrations through them talking. And I'm just extremely her. skeptical that she was as fluent within that language as people say she I was. I don't believe she was fluent. I still believe she was, you know, hard to understand and things when like I that. When I see but quotes, and I'm putting air quotes, when I see quotes by Ellen Ke- Helen Keller, I just roll my <laughs> eyes because I'm like, that bitch didn't say that. She probably didn't say it, but she might have signed it. Wrong. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why it's such a hot button. I just do not believe it. I just can't believe it. And I'm sure that I'm going to get some sort of fucked up angry email. But I don't care. I don't like her. And I'm allowed my opinion. And happy 4th of fucking July. <laughs> that's okay. And that's where we're at. You know what? That's okay. When we, get our, when we finally get our time machine, I will go back in time. And we can go meet her. I don't want to. That's a waste of a trip. No, it's not. It kind of is. No, it's not. Why wouldn't you meet, like, Lizzie Borden okay. after the fact? But here's the thing. If we do go to meet Helen Keller and she's totally full of shit, who would be upset if we pushed her down a well? She was a charlatan, I bet. I bet you she could hear just fine. She could see fine. Yeah. I, That's what I'm going to go with. I don't with. know. I just came with that just now. I it's think there true. might actually be some videos of her around. What? Yeah. When was when, when did she live? Oh, it was, like, she... I don't remember exactly when, but it wasn't like, you know, Little House on the Prairie. It was a little bit after that. I love Little House on the I Prairie. Too. <laughs> I know so much about it, and I learned a lot of stuff from Ma. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so Waverly Hills Sanatorium, which is in Jefferson County, Kentucky. Um, it's close to Louisville. So everything, mostly, I got off of Wikipedia. And then I have a couple of articles that I found a couple of extra things on. Um, And I know that if anybody listens to this and they know what I'm talking about and they get really upset that I'm not talking about one specific part of the sanatorium, don't worry, I'm going to get to it. It's just not going to happen right now. Yeah, calm down. It's very important that I talk about that part, though. Okay. So don't let me forget. (laughs) Don't forget. Okay. So Waverly Hills, um, the sanatorium, opened in 1910 to help treat tuberculosis tuberculosis patients it was built a ways away from town due to how contagious the disease was when it first opened it was designed to care for about 40 to 50 patients but it would go on to house like three 130 plus patients in 1914 so how big was it it was only meant to hold 40 to 50 patients so that's a lot of close quarters and a short amount of time sounds like it stinks well, and you also have to, you know, consider the traffic of people going in and out from dying from the disease and new people being brought in all the time. And it's just... It's a goddamn puppy mill. <laughs> so the land was originally owned by Mayor, Major Thomas um, H. Hayes. He purchased it in 1883 as a home for his family. And since the home was so far away from the town and existing schools, he decided to open a local school for, for his daughters to attend. The teacher he hired had a fondness for um, the Walter Scott Waverly novels and called the schoolhouse Waverly School. 
Major Hayes liked the name and decided to call the property Waverly Hill. When the board of Tuberculosis Hospital bought the uh, property and opened the sanatorium, they also kept the name. Though the spelling, there's been a few accounts of the spelling changing okay. every now and then. At the beginning, it was spelt without the extra E. And then they would add in an extra E. So it just kind of went back and forth. I prefer to spell it with the without the extra E. Oh, see, I would have gone fancy. With the extra E? Mm-hmm. Like, if I ever opened a shop, it's, it'd be S-H-O-P-P-E. <laughs> you go with O-P-P-E. It's not, it's yeah, not, you know me. It's not at the end, though. It's um, with the extra E. It would be W-A-V-E-R-L-E-Y. Oh, I like And that. then I prefer to spell it W-A-V-E-R-L-Y because I didn't feel like writing in the extra E because I wrote all of this down. Yes, you did. <laughs> you go, girl. Okay. So, I'm in a mood apparently. I'm sorry. We're drinking. It's cool. We're drinking. Let's do this. So the sanatorium consisted of an administrative building. Um, it was like a main administrative building, a slash type thing, um, and two open air pavilions, each to house about twenty patients. So it was originally owned by this guy. By this guy who wanted it for his family. Okay, and so it's in the middle of buttfuck Egypt. Yep. And now, and now later on, now it's a sanatorium. Yes. Um, Isn't there a song about that? Probably. <laughs> um, so on August 31st, 1912, which was, you know, two years after it opened, all tuberculosis patients from the city hospital were transferred to temporary tents on Waverly Hills property, pending completion of a hospital for advanced cases. Tents? Tents. They had patients in tents? Yes. Like it was also August, tense? though. <laughs> Not <Or> like present <laughs> tense. <laughs> <laughs> like pitching tense. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Go. It was also August, though. Um, that The Hospital for Advanced Cases opened in December of that year for the treatment of an additional 40 patients. So 40 of those patients that were transferred from the city hospitals to the Waverly Hill Intense, 40 of those patients were taken to this new hospital for advanced cases. The rest of them were left there. Okay. Okay. Um, in 1914, they opened a children's pavilion, adding 50 beds. This housed not only children with tuberculosis, but children of patients with tuberculosis who had no one else to care for them. Sounds like a clusterfuck. Yeah. Um, there was also mention in reports that they wanted to add new buildings year by year, so a building a year. Um, so there, there may be more beds and patients. They make the patients <laughs> build them. <laughs> But there it's may have been more beds and patients than had been recorded in that amount of time. Oh, I'm sure there was. Um, with the original buildings in constant need of repair and the growing number of patients, they decided that they just wanted to build a brand new building. They started construction on a five-story building aiming at housing 400 patient, patients in mm-hmm. March of 1924, and it opened on October 17th of 1926. But in 1943, streptomycin was introduced and the need for such a large hospital wasn't necessary anymore. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, that's a ball buster. Waverly Hills Sanatorium closed in June of 1961. In 1962, it reopened as Woodhaven Geriatric Center primarily treating elderly patients with dementia and mobility issues, as well as the severely handicapped. So it's still a death mill. It's still a death mill. It went from, you know, 
housing all these people who were dying from this disease that they couldn't get any help for to caring for people on the brink of death, basically. Wow, that sounds like a really happy place. Yeah, no doubt, right? But it, it, it gets... Did they have more. all the Victrolas playing with their with their wheelchairs with really abnormally large wheels? Yeah, and they had really tall backs too. Yeah, I feel like that'd be very uncomfortable. Right, and like their sweaters would get caught a lot. So maybe that's why because everybody it was knows like how to that knit. weaved wicker or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because it was a lighter material. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. The, those wheelchairs are weird. I don't like them. Okay. It was closed by the state in uh, 1982, so like 20 years later, for patient neglect. Oh in, my god, I that's know, terrible. It was awful. In 1983, it sold to a developer for $3 million, uh, who wanted to convert it to a minimum security prison, which that would have been... Still a death mill? A death mill, yeah. <laughs> Uh, neighbors protested, so the next plan was apartments. So the developer tried to get the funding to start construction to make them into apartments from the state, and they didn't get that funding. That fell through. Um, so it kind of just sat for uh, 82 to... or 83 to 1996. In 1996, Robert Abernasky bought the property, and you're gonna, like... This is this is the greatest thing I have ever read in my entire life. Um, in hopes of building the world's tallest statue of Jesus, along with an arts and worship center. Where is this located? Kentucky. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus riding a horse. Oh but the plans fell through. Go Jesus! I know, right? So it was um, the Christ the Redeemer Foundation that he was a part of. And so <laughs> he was trying to get the funding for it. Oh, that's funny. And he wanted it to rival the Jesus statue in Rio. Like, he wanted it to be bigger than that. In Kentucky? In Kentucky. Okay, so I'm going to Kentucky in a couple weeks here. I'll let you know if it's as flat as people Are say. Are you going to Louisville? Uh, no, I'm not, Okay, but I would love to. <laughs> Anyways, so that f- the plans fell through due to lack of funding. Nationwide, Shocker. nationwide, they asked for donations. Do you know how much they got? $200. 3K. They got $3,000. $300 more than they should have. And that is after... Um, That's a nice party. It was after about a year. They only got $3,000. They only got $3,000 after about a year. Because they didn't want a, a Jesus with a horse? They didn't want to... I guess they didn't want a mockery being made of their religion? Like, some people thought it was great. And they were like, yeah, here, take all of my money. And other people were like, nah, we don't need that. <laughs> we're, we're fine. <laughs> um, so that was canceled in December of 1997. In 2001, the current owners of the property... Tina and Charlie Mattingly Ooh. bought the property. Go Tina. Go Tina. These people are incredible and they are most of the people that I've, mostly the people I've seen in like all of the documentaries and go shows and everything like that. They hold haunted tours um, and they have a haunted house every Halloween and all the proceeds are going towards, you know, restoring. A Jesus statue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it's going to restoring the building. Right okay. now it doesn't have any really, like any windows. All the windows have Do been broken out. There? And I don't think they live there. I think they just live close by. Mm. So, um, let's see here. In 2007, Waverly Hills hosted the Sounds of the Underground Tour. 
featuring bands like Guar, the Acadia Strain, Hatebreed, and Lamb of God. For God's sake, yes. I would like. It was the last stop of the tour. Was at this place. That's fucking awesome, right? Wouldn't that be like fucking amazing? But neighbors complained about having all of the different. Tour buses? types of people that they didn't want and that it was going to give them, like, bad juju on all their kids. And then what if they started listening to that rock and roll? I don't fucking know. But neighbors complained. They probably didn't like the noise. They probably didn't like all the extra people brought in the town. You know what comes to mind? Hmm. When it comes to, when I come to find out that uh, Graham Gilmore rented her house to corn. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> fucking funny. Anyway, sorry. Yes. Go ahead. Oh my god. Oh my god. Sorry, I'm on a Gilmore's girl Gilmore Girls kick right now. So those of you that don't know, do it. Yes, do it. So there were so many complaints made by local residents that it prevented any further music festivals from being held there. So not even just any more like rock concerts, any music festival whatsoever. Not allowed. And that you know, that brought in money to help restore the building. Yeah. I mean, you'd think they'd want that place to be somewhere really cool, bring in some history, tourists. Or... I bet they wouldn't be bitching if there was, like, a 10-piece or a... How many pieces does an orchestra need? Uh, a lot of piece a orchestra lot of there. No, I know, right? Well, and I bet they would really be bitching if the state decided that their tax money needed to go into the restoration of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. Stupid. Or... I bet they would be really happy if they could get that place restored and part of the tourism money went back to them at tax season every year. Wouldn't that be nice? But no. No Jesus statue for you, Kentucky. <laughs> um, so it's been featured on many shows about the paranormal, such as Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, Paranormal Lockdown, and Most Haunted. And BuzzFeed Unsolved also did um, a, a video about the location where they stayed the night there. They caught some cool stuff. I'm not quite sure about, but it was still really cool. Fun. So I'm supposed to remind you to talk about something big. Yes. And that's where the articles come in. So that's all I have for like what I got off of Wikipedia. Go wiki wiki wah. Wiki wiki wah. <laughs> you go girl. <laughs> MC Master Tonks in the corner, motherfucker. Bitch <laughs> <laughs> is spinning. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Okay. So I found this this article on Ranker. Um, Ranker.com. Sounds dirty. I know, right? And is called... <laughs> the name of the article is called 10 Scary Tales from the Haunted Waverly Hills Sanatorium. And I'm not going to read them like word for word or anything. Um, but number one, or I'm, they're not even numbered, but some of the TB treatments were brutal. They would, you know put balloons into the patient's lungs and fill them manually and, you know, all this really painful stuff. And, like, they would force them down in there. And that's That's just... terrible. That was just really, really awful. Um, They had... Okay. So this is the one important part that really needs to be addressed. Okay. That I didn't need to talk about. They had a body shoot. A body shoot. Like a laundry shoot? Kind of. So, there were so many people. Okay. Is it S-H-U-T-E or S-H-O-O-T? <laughs> it was just a big it's cannon. Act, it's just C-H-U-T-E. Oh, that is so anticlimactic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <coughs> oh, buddy. So, they had 
so many people dying from tuberculosis every day, and they didn't want to upset all of the other patients, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need dead bodies wheeling past your room constantly that you know about. So a lot of the procedures would take place downstairs where a lot of the patients' rooms were upstairs, and there was this chute. And I have a picture of it here. Do you think that it's like an actual slide? Like you can slide down it? Like during the haunted house? Fuck yeah! I want to go down. I want to go down it. I'd go down it on like a slippery, so slidey thing. it's got... And because you guys won't be Although able to see it, it. you can't see the end. That's weird. No, no, no. What if it, it does like a loop? It's really long. It's got half of the chute is stairs. The other half is just flat. So they would roll the bodies down. There would be a train waiting. And they would load them up onto the train and then take them straight out of there. And I really want to go. I've seen so many videos about just this spot. Is there any lights in it? No. Then I don't want to go. Probably not. I'll just use the flash out of my phone. It'll be fine. It's shit's bright. Um, Fuck that flashlight, <laughs> by the way. It's very bright on my phone. Oh, really? Jeremy God. tries to do it when he tries not to wake me up, and then he goes like this, like right in my face. Oh, I like, hate that. Dude, might as well just turn on the overhead, because yeah. this shit's not working for me. Seriously. Love you, boo. <laughs> so this is what Ranker had to say about the body shoot for Ranker dead patients. Ranker and my before the invention of streptomycin, tuberculosis was base, basically a death sentence. Oh my God. This meant that a lot of people who entered Waverly Hills were not leaving alive. Bodies had to be disposed of somehow, and staff didn't want to do it where patients could see. The solution was a body chute or a tunnel that led from the hospital to a nearby railroad tracks. From there, a motorized rail and cable system lifted the bodies onto trains. That would take them away. Try not to imagine walking by the railway just in time for a delivery. Fucking terrifying. Ew. Okay. Were the bodies naked, do you think? Or do you think they preserved their dignity with clothes? I think they were naked, just covered with sheets. Okay, but corporate decision would dictate that they would... That they would need the clothes. Well, no, I would think not. You'd just fucking get them naked. Maybe they were naked until they got down to the train. You could just put them on the next patient who's dying. (laughs) That's true. Mm-hmm. But maybe they just had no clothes. They took their clothes off of them. And then they covered them with sheets while they were going down the body chute. But as they were being loaded onto the train, they took the sheets back so they could just wash them. And use what did them they again. do with the bodies? They put them on a train. Where? I don't know. Train to nowhere? Sure. Right off a cliff. Somewhere there's a hole. A burn pit. <laughs> so if you follow the trails, the, the railroad track, somewhere there will be a hole <laughs> where there's just like nothing but trains and dead bodies. Probably. Like, it's like the elephant graveyard, but... But not. It's the tuberculosis graveyard. Ew, weird. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the next thing on the list is room 502, and I have heard throughout the years a lot of rumors and stories about room 502. I love it when they get specific earth rooms, because it's so creepy. I know. So. I love it. Um, there was this nurse who actually hung herself in room 502 or just outside room 502 um turns out that the story goes is that she was pregnant she wasn't married and at that time one of the patients it could have been or another like nurse or something that worked a doctor i'm gonna assume it was one of the patients anyways she's a dirty bird (laughs) so from the ranker site when people in a sanatorium die you expect it to be the tuberculosis patients not the healthy staff despite this room 502 seemed to be the center for disaster According to local legend, in 1928, the head nurse of room 502 was found hanging from a light fixture. This was believed to be a suicide triggered by depression over an unwanted pregnancy. No one knows how long she was there before somebody found her. 
Not four years later, another nurse who worked in room 502 jumped what? off the pa- roof patio to her death. While no records exist to explain so why she did this. 1924, and then when? Uh, four years later. I'm thinking it's the staffer in charge of that area. What? I'm debunking. Debunking what? Because it was only four years later. That what? That another nurse fucked her shit up. Okay, but she they never said why she did it, though. But what I'm saying is, like, um, if it was the same area, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, like, the same lead. So I'm thinking it was staffing me, issues. You didn't let me finish. Though. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so she jumped off of the roof patio to her death. No records exist to explain why she did this. Some believe she was pushed. Whoa. And nobody knows who might have done it or why. So there you go. You might not have had to have debunked it. She could have just been fucking murdered. Wow. Um, the next little... Wow, exciting I like thing, it. I know. But the next little exciting thing was um, there was a team of ghost hunters, of paranormal investigators, not like the ghost hunters, but paranormal investigators who smelled bread baking in an abandoned kitchen. Does somebody have a yeast infection? No, nobody has a yeast infection. You said it, honey. You said it. You just whispered it. So one, le- one legend stems from the experiences of the Louisville Ghost Hunter Society. When they visited Waverly Hills, they found the kitchen in shambles. Windows, tables, chairs were all broken. There were puddles of stagnant water everywhere due to the leaky roof. Mm-hmm. The cafeteria was in a smaller state of disrepair, or a similar, sorry, in a similar state of disrepair. Finding nothing useful, the team tried to leave, but before they could, they heard footsteps. Then they heard the door swing shut. Then they noticed the smell of freshly baked bread. No one else was in the building. It was just these guys, um, let alone using the ruined kitchen to make bread. (laughs) So. Well, it could be worse, I guess. Yeah, it could be. I do like the smell of freshly baking bread. Have you ever, Mm -hmm. like, driven past, like, a bread factory? Nope. Oh, my gosh. There was one in Vegas when we were kids. Whenever we would drive down the road, every time we drove by it, everybody in the car would roll down their windows so we'd get the smell of fresh baked bread. My mom was really big on getting those, like, as-seen-on-TV kitchen appliances. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, like, that personal <laughs> rotisserie. never works. Oh, yeah, yeah, we had one of those, We too. had one of those, and that actually fucking worked. That yeah, thing was it amazing. Did. My mom would just buy it. It was fucking roasted I don't know how many, place. like, George Foreman grills we went through. I don't know how many, like grilled cheese makers we had like just little triangle ones yes yes but they always made my sandwich taste like really weird i didn't like it no that's that is true yeah it's not a lot yeah it did i just i know it's not just me it made them taste more sandwiches yeah we could anyways we had all that (laughs) stuff but she bought this automatic bread maker where you didn't have to take any of the steps in between it did it all right in there for you just had to throw the ingredients in and let it go and that's not how they all work it was it was new to her back then. Okay. I don't fucking know. I was like ten. <laughs> Dude, those were cool. Except for they always left yeah. a hole in the bottom of the loaf. I know, right? I didn't like that. Mm. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, so it's like she went on this kick where it's like twice or three times a week for a couple of months there would always be freshly break, baked bread, mm-hmm. and then she put it away and never took it out again. <laughs> well, she got her money's worth. Yeah, exactly. But man, that rotisserie thing was really cool. You Anyways. know what's funny about the rotisserie thing? I was just thinking about it a couple months ago, and I was Had like... Had three prongs, you stick the chicken on it, and then you put I'm the like, other wheel on the it. end of it. I could yes. use one of those now. In there. I know, it would be really nice, wouldn't it? My mom had one that did two. Oh, that would be cool. I was always well, we worried they were going to catch on fire. Oh, 
Like, that was my biggest fear. Like, watching all of the, like, the grease drip off the chicken, and I'm just like, mm. Oh, that made me hungry. That's going to catch on fire. <laughs> I was like, nah, that didn't bother me. I just I'm wanted food. so nervous, especially, like, during fire season. I'm so always so worried about my house burning down or just, like, anything. I get really paranoid about fire's it. Fire's not one of the, my major fears, um, but it's scary to think about, but and especially now that I'm older, yeah. but it's never been one of my fears. It is definitely one of my fears. Interesting. Definitely. Because I'm, about... I'm a very material person. I like all of my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I have worked hard for all of my stuff. <laughs> I feel like we should do some past life regression and see what both of us come up with. That would be really cool. Yeah. I would just be a basket case. I would be that crazy old lady standing on the corner of London. Do you think you're an old soul? No. I think I'm a very old soul. I think you are. I don't think I am. I have an oldness to me. I don't. It's all creaky and crappy. Very modern. Maybe we should go find, like, some sort of um, um, voodoo priestess to tell us. Well, they actually have um, hypnotists that do. I know one. He lives in Palm Springs. Is it Ron? It is Ron. Let's go see Ron. He does, he does past life regression. I would love that. I don't know if I can be hypnotized, though. I know you can be hypnotized. Like a motherfucker. Like a motherfucker. I, you can be hypnotized. It's the weirdest thing. I don't understand. I have to leave a room while they're putting everybody else out, otherwise I go under. Especially his voice. Um, I used to listen to his stuff every night, uh-huh. like his CDs, and one was like uh, something about like confidence or like changing you know, things for the better or whatever. I listened to his stuff every single night. And um, that's when I ended up quitting my job. Oh, my God. <laughs> a very lucrative job. But it worked out for the best. It did. I was so much happier. Yeah. And Jeremy used to work nights at that point, And so I'd be going to bed and he'd be going to work. And yeah. he said it was always a trip to, like, leave the room every single night. And he'd hear, hi, this is Ron Stubbs. <laughs> he would leave me laying, going to bed to another man's voice. And he's always like, whatever, shaking his head. But I still have those CDs. That's awesome. I should convert them to MP3 files. I'll take a copy. Have you seen those um, headphones that you can wear while you're sleeping? No. Yeah, they're, it's a headband, and you put a, and they're headphones, and you put them, and that way you can sleep comfortably. That would be really cool. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that would be really cool. I, I could do something like that. Uh, I never remember to charge things. Speaking of which, oh yeah, my Fitbit's still charged. That's cool. Good. I was noticing you're wearing it. I need to wear mine again. Okay. Um, next on the list, a bleeding ghost in chains haunts the hospital. I'm sorry, I didn't realize you weren't done. I'm not done. I still have a little bit more. I know. It's okay. still, I told you it was going to be long. No, I like I it. I told you. Um, one of the saddest ghost stories that is that of an elderly woman who roams the hospital, supposedly, mm-hmm. moaning and bleeding from her chained hands and feet. So my guess is this is from when it was the geriatric center. Mm-hmm. Um, though she cries for help when outsiders approaches her, when outsiders approach her... <laughs> She runs away screaming in terror. This particular ghost is poignant and terrify and a terrifying reminder of the suffering that patients endured. That was really hard to say. For Do you think reason. she really would have the lung power to scream? Yes. Tuberculosis? No, no, no. From a geriatric ward. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. There from a geriatric ward. Whoa, sorry. Running shit again. There is a child ghost named Timmy. Oh, I don't like that. I know. It makes me really sad because I know they're really lonely and I don't like it when kids are lonely. Like when... My Merry kid, Christmas, sir. I know. When my kid goes, like, to go see if her friends can play, and none of them can play, and she gets really sad, it makes me really sad. It's awful. Anyways. Timmy fell down the well again. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm, I'm going to go with it. Is this a well story? No. Are you sure it doesn't involve a dog? 
Yes. It does? No. Okay. I'm sure. Just making sure. Because otherwise I would say that shit's fake. Go ahead. One of the more well-known ghosts at Waverly Hills is a little boy known as Timmy. Timmy was around six or seven years old when he died in the hospital. Since he died with his whole life ahead of him, his spirit can't move on, and he wanders the hospital trying to have fun. Visitors will often bring balls for him to play with, and many claim they can see the balls moving seemingly on their own. Whoa. Yeah, right? Believers in Timmy say it's him, while skeptics say the balls are moving thanks to either the wind or uneven flooring. Which are factors, yes, but I like to think it's Timmy because he needs toys. Timmy! Fuck! <laughs> I was so loud, it kind of scared me a little bit. Look at <laughs> the wavelength. Oh my god. <coughs> Sorry, I had to build up to it. Go ahead. Um, the whole place is haunted by a grim presence called the Creeper. Ew. Yeah, and I i don't like Is this. Is it an old man? Nope. If you've ever felt an overwhelming feeling of doom that you can't explain, you might have come across a being like the Creeper. The Creeper is a dark, terrifying entity that crawls along the floors and the walls of Waverly Hills. Some believe it's an otherworldly spirit or demonic force, while others believe oh. it's a human spirit that has been twisted by the trauma of tubu- tub- tubercular death. For God's sake. <laughs> whatever it, it's true whatever its true nature, those who encounter it are invariably filled with dread. That would be really terrifying. Um this one is that because they do the the um ghost tours, uh tourists experience the ghost sightings too. True ghost tales featured a story by Joey, a visitor of the Waverly Hill Sanatorium. After Joey and a few of his friends learned about the spooky history of the place, they had their own haunted experience. After touring the building, they headed to the roof to decompress. They began to see shadows moving around, and started and they started to get really scared. Joey's friend Chris got so scared that he actually wanted to jump off the roof. Oh, my God. The group went back inside, still pursued by shadows. They started to hear doors slamming shut and see mysterious footprints appear from nowhere in puddles of water. Chris began to cry, and the rest of the group barely held it together, but finally... Oh, Chris. I know. But He's finally they made pussy. it out of the sanatorium and into Joey's sister's car, which is absolutely terrifying. I think Joey and Chris were a couple. I actually went and I found the article on True Ghost Tales. Cute. Um, were Joey and Chris in love? I don't know. I'm thinking so. so I just, That's adorable. This is, it's a little long, but it's not too long, but I just want to read what Joey said. Okay. Um, Joey. Let's see here. Dun, 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 dun. I gotta find where it was. It was down here. Because the, the way this site's really formatted is, is pretty awful. So, from Joey. My sister's boyfriend led myself and two friends to the area at the bottom of the hill. It was about 11 o'clock at night, so, so being dark, we stumbled upon a hole in the ground which served as a ventilation hole for the body to shoot. My two friends and I climbed down into the tunnel, which was pitch black. We had no flashlights, so we felt along the wall and headed up the hill besides bumping into several hospital beds or transport items. It was pretty eerie. As we exited the tunnel, uh, as we exited the tunnel there, it was the five-story monstrosity, Waverly Hills. We found an entrance into the building's ground floor. Eyes adjusting to the darkness, we saw that the place had been totally trashed over the past two years of trespassers. Spray paint all over the walls and down many of the halls. Equipment still intact in many of the rooms. The doors to the patients' rooms are still there. They're removed now. 
On our journey to the top floor, which led out of the led out to the roof area, we came upon the elevator shaft. The door is open with no elevator and stared down at the spot where the homeless man was found murdered. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was a homeless man murdered there. They pushed him. Oh, my God. I know. That's awful. I think he had his dog with him, too. Did he have a needle in his arm? Probably not. Are you sure it was murder? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I hate to be such a skeptic all the time, but you at the same are. time. You <laughs> Just know? roll with it, okay? I'm going. Okay. Um, other than several creepy noises, everything seemed fine. We found the fifth floor, which contained of only four small rooms used as nurses' headquarters, and the infamous room 502, where two nurses' lives ended. Both believed by suicide, what a pregnant nurse, blah, blah, blah. We already talked about that. My friends and I went out on the roof and just hung out thinking about the stories we heard about the place when we began to see figures moving around in the dark inside of the area of the fifth floor where the patients were bedded outside for air. <gasps> that was literally all one sentence. Fucking use punctuation. Way to go, Joey. <laughs> okay. Shadows everywhere. We began to see perfect formations of shadows of people that were not there. My friend Chris lost his cool, wanted to bolt out of the place by jumping from the fifth floor roof. I said, are you nuts? We got to go back the way we came. So after the build, after building up the courage to face whatever that was in the halls and rooms on the fifth floor, we exited and we exited. We had to enter it. What? That didn't even make sense. Sorry. Hold on. So, the they yeah. entered? so after building up the courage to face whatever it was in the halls and rooms on the fifth floor and exit, we had to enter it. Enter what? I don't know. One of the rooms. Maybe. What are the hallway? We couldn't run due to the darkness and the mess the place was in, so we held tight on, on we held tight on our arms and entered the hall area. I wanted to shut my eyes. Okay, so they had to enter the hall to yeah, get to the okay. body shoot. That makes sense. Um, I wanted to shut my eyes, but I had to see where I was going. Mostly saw the shadows surrounding us, banging that seemed to come from everywhere, the ceiling, floors, and walls. As we entered the stairwell, we somehow ended up on the floor below us and not the ground floor. As we entered the fourth floor, our eyes were more adjusted. The moonlight reflected through the building, and we had a pretty good sight of the hall up to the point where the hall bent in a slight angle. It had rained the night before, and due to the shape of the building and no windows left to block out the rain, we uh, left to block it out, the rain entered the building at will. On the floor were puddles of waters, and we began to see bare footprints appearing out of the puddles, as if someone had just walked through the puddle barefooted and left tracks. Fuck no. Maybe it was urine. Maybe. The shadows were still <laughs> surrounding us in the halls. The doors to the patient's room began to slam shut. Chris, who acted like the toughest guy in the group, began to cry. As I tried to calm him down, something crashed against the wall near where we stood. When we looked to the floor, it was a brick. Something had just hurled a brick at us hitting the wall. Fucking, get the fuck out, yeah. you pussies. Like, they're, they're fucking trying to get out, but these guys are like, no, nah, keep nah, fucking Chris is moving. crying in the corner. <laughs> Pull it together, man. Get the fuck out. GTFO. At that point, Chris began to run down the hall, and we gave chase at some point between Chris and us. Um, at some point between Chris and us, behind Chris and in front of us, two bright balls of light shot from one room across the hall and into the adjacent room. We ran past the area where the light traveled to get to Chris, who stopped at the end of the hall, not knowing where to go. We calmed him a little, and it was as if someone would just shut off a light like a light switch. There was no more shadows, no more banging, no more flashing lights. Um, we made our way out of the building and down the hill to the nearby apartment complex where my sister and her boyfriend were waiting inside the car. They laughed at our stories. We talked about it for several forget for uh, we talked about it for several days and began to forget I never forgot. 
Years later, I joined a local paranormal research group whom had major, major interests in investigating Waverly Hills. After hearing the stories, things began to fall into place, and I found it within myself to return after 10 years. It is now being restored. They're giving tours. Um, blah, 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 blah. That is terrifying to go through, and I would love every second of it. I would probably be like Chris and bawling my eyes out, though. You'd have to wear a maxi pad to catch all the pee-pee. Mm, diaper. Mm-hmm. I don't think a pad would do it. It would have to be a full-on Depends. I agree. So, yeah, that's um the history behind the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Good job. I love that place. I would give anything to go to that place. I would love it so much. But it's all being restored now. I know, but even though it's being restored doesn't mean the history leaves. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's not going to be ghosties anymore. In fact, when you're restoring and when you're doing renovations, that's theorize that paranormal activity increases. Yes, because so, they're like un- you're changing that shit. You're, you're changing their world. Yeah. And they don't want that. That was their place. Not yours. Weird. Well, that's cool. That was fun. Yeah. I liked it. So, I liked it too. Thanks. So, good job, Renee. Yeah, you did a good job too. Thanks. <laughs> mm. <sighs> okay. Well, should we draw um something out of our bucket to see? Yes. So we have this bucket here where we've written down a few ideas as far as subjects for the next episodes of the podcast go. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to draw two because next weekend we do have to record at least two because you're going to be out of town. Mm-hmm. And I have to figure out how I'm going to stagger all of this. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, two, if not three maybe if we can squeeze one in during the week which mm-hmm. i know is really hard for you to do but I'll figure it out we'll do it it might be necessary we'll have to look in a calendar so you pick one and i pick one and um excuse me i didn't say you could pick one you are an attention whore she really is an attention whore today. i like her though okay what'd you get strange celebrity requests yes awesome okay <laughs> Famous disappearances. Ooh, so nice. That'll be really fun. Did we happen to put celebrity deaths in there? Like weird celebrity deaths? No, I'll throw it okay. right now. So that would be a really good one. Because, you know, there's so many conspiracy theories around the death of Elvis and the death of Marilyn and, and all of that other stuff. But then you also have, like, the deaths of, like, Tupac. Like, did it really happen? I don't think so. Did you see that? Was it, it Suge Knight that just fucking came out? Yeah. Uh, just the other day from prison, mind you. Yeah. Well, of who like the real person was like was supposed to be killed. getting hit. Yeah. Whatever. Well, it's like what does he have to lose? He's Suge Knight's a prison. fuck. Yeah, he is a fuck. Don't hurt me. But he's already in prison. Who's gonna hurt you over Suge Knight? Suge Knight. Suge Knight's gonna hurt me. Oh. Well. He's a, he's a big bad mofo. Sorry, but I I couldn't care less. I don't know why his name is Suge. Because he's a fucking idiot. Maybe he visited a lot of whorehouses in his day. Ooh, maybe. How you doing, Shug? Okay, so next week's episode will be the strange celebrity requests. Okay. <laughs> which is mainly, like, what they request when they go to, like, hotels or things like that, which should be really yeah, funny. Yeah, the writers in their contracts. Yes. That would be really funny. And then the week after that, we'll, we'll still record it next weekend, is Famous Disappearances. Huh? Fucking za. Yes. Should we draw a third one just to just in case? Nah, we'll do that later. Okay. 
Just want to be sure. That was an interesting fucking night. I do have to say so myself. All right, guys. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you stuck in this long, I mean, we're hitting like an hour and a half here. <laughs> yeah, we'll try to keep them a little shorter next time, but maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, it's not like we have to put commercials in or anything Fuck like it. that. It might be like a 15-minute episode next week, and I'm okay with that if occasionally it's a 15-minute episode. You know what? Yeah, I am too. It balances out, right? It just, it depends on what we're going to be talking about. If mm-hmm. it needs a little more time, then it needs a little more time. I mean, when, oh, you fucked up. When you're talking about, like, this episode, when you're talking about, like, the history. Yeah. I mean, yours had a lot of history. Mine had a lot of history. Yeah, I'm glad yours went last, because mine was really fucking heavy. Yeah, yours was really heavy. Mine, I mean, it was really... It was kind of heavy, but at least there was, like, some good out of it, too. So, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. And the one reason I chose this, like, as being strange was because of the body shoot and because it was so many different things. And it had been bought to be, you know, a couple of different other things. And the fact that there's still just, like, so much that maybe wasn't documented or things like that. We just don't know. Just one of those things. And it's haunted as Mm-hmm. As fuck. That's the soda shop. So, all right, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. All right, and we'll see you guys. Not we won't see you guys. We'll see we'll, you soon. We'll, we'll talk to you though. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye, motherfuckers.